Thank you for tuning in to Pulp Fliction. I'm your host, Grant Grubbs. And Evan Dearborn. Welcome and thank you all for tuning in to episode number three of Pulp Fliction. We appreciate you all tuning in here. And uh, I'll just give a quick little heads up. If you guys haven't listened to episode one and two, go back and uh, go back and give those a listen there. It's good stuff. It's it, good stuff. It is good stuff. Uh, this week, I've, we've got a nice little uh, controversial and very timely uh, episode here for you. And uh, Grant, do you want to tell us what we're going to be talking about today? When we get into our main segment today, we're going to be talking about Squid Game, Evan. So I'm very excited for that. I know we've got a lot of uh, requests and just, you know, throughout culture right now, it's huge. So we thought we'd give our takes on it, per usual. You know, we are opinionated fellows and we like to tell people what we think. Yep. We uh, we definitely have some uh, some strong opinions about this one. Uh, also, uh, it's, it's going to be a nice little discussion. I'm, I'm excited for it. Yeah, I'm yeah. pumped, baby. Well, Evan, you know, in tradition on this podcast, we like to talk about uh, what we watched this past week. So what did you watch and uh, what did you think about it? So as I uh, I definitely mentioned uh, in the previous podcast is that I'm participating in Spooktober, which is one scary movie per night uh, for the month of October. And I, I've been slacking a little bit. However, I watched two pretty good ones. And uh, the other night I watched Halloween Kills on Peacock with some friends. And I'll, I'll tell you what, I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, honestly, like, if I'm going to give my honest opinion, I wish that we would just kill Michael Myers already. <laughs> Gosh dang it. I mean, how many timelines are I, going I, I, on I right now? I think that's been a wish for nearly 50 years now. Yeah, I mean, my gosh. But as a, as a man that loves to see, uh, see death happen on the screen, oh. it definitely, uh, definitely satisfied that for me. <laughs> it, was, it was a good one. And, you got uh, your bloodlust <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it was, it was a good one. And then also another uh, movie that I watched was uh, Nightmare on Elm Street from 1984. Classic. It is a classic. And I'll, I'll tell you what, looking back at it, I really wish, I know that they remade it in 2010, but that doesn't really count. No, that doesn't really count. We don't, we, we don't want to talk about that. Yeah, so, uh, it does have Coach Taylor's wife from Friday Night Lights in it, right, which we'll, we, we, we love some Friday Night Lights here. <laughs> let's, let's not get into the weeds of yeah, it. But uh, I really wish that they would remake that movie nowadays with the with the CGI and with the special effects that they have, I feel like if they were to do that, it would be just truly, just, just absolutely thrilling, uh, such a thrilling watch. And I kind of wish that they would have waited till nowadays, but that's just me being selfish. I mean, yeah, I, you know, kind of how I felt about remakes. Uh, I'm, I'm normally against them. It has to be a rare occasion. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that one, you know, like you said, special effects weren't great. They did use a lot of practical effects, but definitely could have been better. I think if they were to do it today, they'd have to really add something to it. It couldn't yeah. be a complete retelling of the same story, you know? Mm-hmm. See, I just I wish they would just completely erase Nightmare on Elm Street uh, from our minds. And then we just we it would come out today. Oh, okay. That's what I was okay. saying. Because remakes, especially in the horror genre, it would just turn into another Halloween. And my gosh, some of those remakes are just absolutely <laughs> Question for you, though, and I don't want to get too off topic for you here, but... Would Nightmare on Elm Street be as scary today if that was the situation, if it was released today and not back in the 1980s? I I believe so. I think uh, the the character of Freddy Krueger is just truly horrifying, just the way that he looks and the the green ooze that he has. <laughs> I feel like oh, the ooze. yeah, it was. If you if you could recreate that nowadays with the way that technology is and the way that uh, that that filmmakers uh, 
can just works magic on the on the movie screen. I think that it would just be truly horrifying to see that character of Freddy Krueger. And then I think it'd be a little bit easier to, uh, or a little bit harder to differentiate when you're in a dream and whenever uh, it's actually real life. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look at I, this is. Stay with me here, people, but look at uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. I mean, the whole scenes with uh, uh, Mysterio or whatever his name is, Jake Gyllenhaal's character, you you know, you can't even uh, tell the difference between what's real, what's fake, kind of something like that I think would be cool. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. So uh, enough about me and my movies I watch. What about you, Grant? What'd you watch? Well, I didn't watch too many movies this week. It's midterms here at UK, people, so it's, it's been a rough one for me and Evan, but I have been watching a TV show that's very popular, another Netflix show called You. Uh, if you haven't watched it, very weird premise. I'm not going to go too into it, uh, but uh, prepare yourselves. It's it's an odd one, but it is just, I mean, one of the most bingeable shows out there. Yeah. It's addicting. Uh, also, I've been trying to make my way a little bit through some foreign films, so I watched a couple famous French movies this past week. I watched a movie... Uh, more recently, I think it was released in 2019 called Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Um, solid movie. I mean, amazing cinematography, amazing acting. Uh, I think the plot dragged a little bit from time to time. I, I, I didn't give it as high of a grade as some people have, but it was, um, I, I respect the film. Additionally, there was a, another French movie, uh, made back in 1985, I believe called La Haine, which in English, uh, means hate. And now that movie, on the other hand, Evan, that movie bangs. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you haven't checked that one out, absolutely check it out. I don't care if you're a film uh, fanatic or just a normal moviegoer. The messages in that one are so deep, and it's such a great movie. Check it out. Yeah, you're definitely uh, sticking with the uh, with the the foreign films as we talked about in our late in our uh, last pod. I I I I'm becoming a big foreign film man. What can I say? I I've been uh, I've been getting a little bit more interested in, in them as well. I think I'm gonna start. I'm gonna watch Memories as Murder as soon as oh. I get done with uh, with Spooktober here. I'm gonna watch that movie and I'll, I'll get back to hey, you guys. Throw, on it, that one. throw it in there. It's got some scary parts. Uh, I just might. You never know. Yeah. You never know. Uh and. Ladies and gentlemen, we have an announcement that just was just breaking a couple days ago. Tell me what it is, Evan. And this is about the man, the myth, the legend, Ryan Reynolds. Oh, that goober? And it has come out that he is taking a little sabbatical from acting. And thank God that he is. <laughs> thank the good Lord that he that he is taking oh, a little sabbatical. No. Well, you know, people, if you haven't watched episode two, Ryan Reynolds got a little hate. You know, he, not compared to other actors, but compared to the better Ryan, Ryan Gosley. Yes. We just don't put up with that full Ryan Reynolds around here. So, uh, yeah, hey, maybe maybe it'll let him get his mind right. Yeah. I hope during the sabbatical, he sits down on his couch, uh, him and his wife, Blake Lively. God bless and, her. And they just they sit down and watch some Ryan Gosling movies. <laughs> and so hopefully he can draw a little inspiration on what it means to be the better Ryan, I don't know. I just, I hope so. Yeah. I mean, maybe just, you know, clockwork orange type scene where you pull his eyes open and just force him to sit there and watch and he'll realize this crimes against humanity. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's just a little, little shade that we had to, we had to throw out there and let you, uh, let you listeners know about what Ryan Reynolds is doing as we like to keep up on him. All right. Well, now that we got that all out of the way, if you're ready, Evan, let's hop into the main segment. Let's roll it.
All right, so that takes us to our main segment here. As we mentioned earlier, we're going to be talking about the uh, Korean TV show Squid Game that just got released on Netflix about a month ago. And I do want to preface this that there will be spoilers ahead in this episode. Big spoilers, people. Yes, big spoilers. So I want you, if you have not watched it yet, pause this pod. (laughs) <laughs> go back watch it it doesn't you can binge this super easily i think i think it took me two days could have done it in one day if yeah. i didn't have school yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's 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 not hard to, it's not a hard watch at all uh just well, pre- prepare yourself <laughs> <laughs> hard watch is uh you know relative yeah but, but it's a it's a it's a decently quick watch if you're uh you know one for binging yeah so uh if you want to go ahead and uh and pause this and then come back and listen and then you can fully engage yourself in the summary slash review slash i don't know just just just, just a nice <laughs> just some fan talk you yeah, know just just some good discussion about this tv show yeah. so uh grubs do you want to go ahead and give a nice little summary of Squid yeah Day? yeah so um just pulling this offline because for those of you who have seen squid game you know how just insane of a show it is and yeah. it's not the easiest to summarize it says hundreds of cash strap contestants accept an invitation to compete in children's games for a tempting prize but the stakes are deadly and deadly they are, Evan. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that's a basic description, but essentially you have a bunch of characters who are just dragged into this sort of thing who all owe people money, and, um, you know, they they don't necessarily know what them, they're getting themselves into, and it is just a nightmare. Yeah, it definitely is a uh, one of those where I didn't necessarily know what I was getting myself into. I saw one of my uh, one of my favorite TikTokers that recreated the red light green light game, and they're like, "Yeah, this is from the uh, the movie Squid Game, or the TV show Squid Game." LOL. But uh, and I was like, "What the heck is this?" And then I kept seeing it on Netflix, and I was like, "Whatever, I don't have anything better to do right now. I'm just gonna watch this." And yeah. I did not know what I was getting myself into. No, I, I don't think a lot of like American watchers specifically did. It, it just kind of popped up. You know, you're sitting having a lazy day on Netflix and you're like, okay, it looks kind of weird. Click it. And next thing you know, you're hooked for a nine hour wild roller coaster of emotions. Yeah. And then I must say, after uh, the very first game, that my jaw just dropped. I yeah. didn't know what to do. I didn't want anybody to talk to me. <laughs> It was it was it was absolutely yeah. horrific. We we actually had to call the police to pry Evan out of his room. Um, it was it was unfortunate, but uh, you know he he's doing okay now. He's recovered. Yeah. So yeah, basically, uh, the way I felt about this this TV show is I absolutely loved it. I was completely enamored in this in this uh, show the entire time, and I think uh, it's some of the best TV that I've ever watched. Wow, high praise. Yeah, it was just absolutely beautiful. The character work. The uh, the directing the uh, just the the colors everything about it just seems so perfectly uh, meticulated so that it was just a pleasing watch which was needed because of how much substance was in this show you know what I'm saying yeah I mean there's a lot going on for sure um, I kind of felt similar for the most part I know me and Evan have talked about this a little bit uh, with each other but I mean. Like he said, episodes specifically three through eight, there's nine episodes in the season. Episode three through eight, some of the best television I've ever watched. Like, seriously gripping stuff. Now, I wasn't necessarily as big of a fan of the ending, but we can get into that later. I'd still give it a very high grade for a season of television. I mean, really good. Yeah, I also agree that... Ending kind of left the, there's a little bit more uh, to be desired during that ending, but 
I kind of like the the way that they went. Uh, they kind of set it up for a season two, which honestly, and uh, Grant and I talked about this a little bit beforehand. We just couldn't help but uh, talk about this. <laughs> yeah, to, we, the show. we try we try to wait for the podcast, but sometimes it's hard, people. But this is sort of like the it's one of those shows where you just it's so good that you don't want it to have a season two because you don't want it to be ruined later yeah. on down the down the road. It, I, it just it's it's one of those things that I, I really hope that they just leave it at that kind of ambiguous ending that they have. Yeah. Those extra seasons can quickly become, you know, a money grab. So I, I, I hope not, but uh, it really seems like they're setting it up. Yeah, which, I mean, with the money that it brought in the first season, I if you're uh, the, the director and creator, Hong, Wan, Hong Dong, Yuk, I think that's how it's how it's pronounced. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm rolling with you, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think uh, there's if I'm him, there's no way that I don't just go out there and I make a season two because I mean there's so much yeah. money to be made I, there. I believe I actually read he had no intention of ever making a season two, um, and if he did, he would want a big board of director or big board of writers, directors like. Uh, it would be a much bigger production because, you know, with the history of this thing, it was kind of just him and his beat-up old living room yeah. typing this thing up. So uh, it'll definitely be interesting. But I have a feeling if season two does come around, it's going to be a while, people. Yeah, it is it is set up definitely for that because you have – I mean, here's the big spoiler coming in. But at the very end, you have uh, uh, 456, the main character, Gihan. However, you guys uh, guys pronounce it. We're probably gonna talk about them as four fifty six. Yeah. I, I, preface, please forgive us for all yes. of our terrible pronunciations. But yeah, four fifty six main character. Yeah, four fifty six. As he goes in, uh, and he has the card, and he's on his way back to the island. It uh, it definitely sets up for uh, for an interesting uh, interesting season two. Yeah. But I don't know. I just I'm okay if they don't uh, make a season I'll, two. I'll do, I'll do you one better. I'm great if they don't make a season two because yeah, we'll get into it. All right. So now that we gave our kind of general views, Evan, let's get a little bit more into the specifics, you know, the nitty gritty. Here. Yeah. Tell me one or two, you know, who, who, who are your favorite characters and then who were your least favorite? Well, I think uh, this is not very uncommon, but uh, Ali, the, uh, the immigrant, uh gosh just uh, one of my favorite characters he's just so lovable i mean that guy's just a sweetheart i, I know he just it looks at uh when he looks at song woo in uh <laughs> episode six oh god and he says sir sir and i'm like <laughs> oh my gosh dude please no he just he just does everything for uh for the the betterment of other people yep. and i mean the reason that he's there is because his uh his boss is like withholding his money from him because he has the leverage because he is an illegal immigrant yeah, he's just a uh, guy in a rough situation for sure. Yeah, I mean, he came to uh, – he was a refugee, and I'm like, dude, this is – this sucks that he is in the squid game, but he has no real reason as to why he's there. Like, he he's not indebted because of something that he did or because, uh, like, he just is stupid with his money. But it has everything to do with the fact that he's just not getting paid for his work. And, like, this just hurts my heart. Hashtag Ali deserved better. Yes, start it. Let's trend it, baby. Let's get it going. All of you Pulp Fiction listeners, put it out there. <laughs> but yeah, I think, uh, and then another one of my uh, my favorite characters, 
was uh was oh six seven i think her name is song bin uh she uh my gosh i mean she was just super quiet kind of like a uh i don't know she's just kind of just super fun to watch in my opinion she just didn't care she, she was just, mysterious, you know. She yeah. drew you in. You wanted to know more about her character. Yeah, and then like you, uh, sort of like in Ali, like in episode six, which I'm going to keep referring back to because it's just such a great episode. It's so heartbreaking. It is. It, it nearly gets you every single time. Yeah, but as the the more you learn about her, the the more you're just like, wow, this. I mean, she's just like a great sister to her uh to her little brother that's in uh that's in the orphanage yeah and you can't help but feel bad for her you know yeah i mean she's you, you want to talk about immigration she's from north korea you know yeah. so she has been through it and it's almost like you just want to you just want to take care of her just give her yeah. a hug something you know she needs it um but yeah she is just a awesome character and not only is she a great character but she's a great actress yeah for um, and what I was reading up on, this was actually her first acting role ever. Oh, snap. She was a model in New York, um, and the creators of Squid Game really were struggling to find who to play this role. I mean, they just they could not find that just perfect medium, and she ended up being it. And uh, for it being her first role, I mean, just a spectacular performance. Yeah, the, the, the raw emotion that you get from just watching her, her performance it's just absolutely incredible. I just I can't help but applaud for her for that uh, performance there. Yeah. Is there any other reason you like her, Evan? Well, she also seems to be very attractive. <laughs> I think that's that's something that uh, uh, the, the TikToks about her. I, I knew there was something else going on here. <laughs> I, I just wanted to get to the bottom of it. The uh, the, the TikToks about her just absolutely, they crack me up. <laughs> it, it, it's actually hilarious. But, uh, but yeah, those are two, probably my two favorite characters. Uh, and then just this, not necessarily like just spe one specific one that I hated, but can, like, can I give one? I, hate yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I, I'll just refer to as the annoying girl to <laughs> number two twelve. I think we all know, you know, yeah, she's the worst. She's awful. She's just begging, crying. I mean, you, you we talk about, uh, six, seven, just a second ago, but player 67 was like, stop making a fool of yourself woman. Cause yeah. that's all she did. And then she continues to just go further and further. I I was hoping they'd kill her off after like the first episode, but yeah. uh, alas, here we are. Yeah, you had the uh, whenever she they they all came back from the marble scene. Everyone's just absolutely devastated because they just killed like some of their closest friends within the Squid Game. Yeah, you got a man killing his wife. I mean, yeah. it's unbelievable. I mean, it's just it's horrible to watch. And then they walk up in there, and there she is just chilling. And oh my gosh, I wanted to punch her so bad. Uh, I I nearly broke my TV screen. I, I it just is truly bothersome that she got away with that. But, yeah. Um, she uh, also like this is kind of back to like the dub or sub uh, discussion that we had earlier. Oh no. But during the the dubbed version, which I watched, I will admit, I uh, she was horrible to listen to. Like I thought about switching over during the middle of watching the very first time because I was like I just. I can't stand listening to this dub actor uh, just continue to speak. So I went back, Grant. You don't know this, but I went back and I list, I, uh, I watched episode six, just the subtitles. Really? I was absolutely like floored. And I have, a, I have a confession to make. I feel like an idiot for watching the dub version. <laughs> this is a breakthrough. I people. have come to my senses, people. 
And I can't stand the fact that I did that to myself. So you watched episode six in subtitles. I watched episode six and then episode two as well. Okay. And I don't know why this those specific two. Well, episode six. I mean, I mean, yeah. Yeah, well, you kind of have to. Nothing needs to be said. But then episode two where you uh, kind of get to meet all the characters yeah, yeah. and you learn the backstories and stuff. And uh, the, you kind of figure out what their character is supposed to actually be like. And there really wasn't a difference between the dub actor and that girl's voice. Oh, yeah. It was just horrible to listen to. It, and it made me made it super annoying. I've heard that in some um, small FBI circles after this was released, they've started torturing people <laughs> by just playing that woman's voice on speakers. And every single time, confession, rate 100%. Yeah, I would not be surprised. I think that uh, that they they would be doing everyone a a service by by uh, doing that. My <laughs> gosh, dude, it's just horrible, horrific. And I feel bad for everyone listening that, that they had to endure that as well. Well, now that we've kind of discussed, um, you know, some specifics of the characters, let's talk about some characters that were a little left mysterious. You know, for these upcoming seasons, maybe they'll dive deeper. Or I don't even know. But something we really never got to learn much about was these VIPs that would come and visit Squid Game, uh, and the front man would host them, and they'd watch the games. And I don't know about you, Evan, but I hated that whole entire subplot. Yeah, it was. It just didn't make a lot of sense to me. Maybe they they did that because it seemed like they were just kind of like forced upon into the plot, and it kind of seemed like maybe they the uh, the director did that. So that they could have a uh, a segue into season two, maybe maybe a different one, like you were saying. I hope so, because otherwise, I just see no reason for the, like they never needed to be included. They mm. didn't offer much to the show. I liked the cop subplot, but the whole VIPs thing I thought was just not well done. Yeah, and the dialogue between them oh. was just horrible. Oh my, <laughs> I mean, horrific. Yeah, it was it was bad. Like, I mean, come like on those now. actors. I think they may have just found random white guys on the street of Korea and said, get in here. Yeah. Because, I mean, they literally were just horrific. Yeah. The the whole 69 joke that they played over Good for God. like 20 minutes. I was like, yeah, that was funny when I was back in, in middle school. And that's something that like maybe I'll make a joke to like my little brother or something. Like that. <laughs> but, dude, it's just it's not really funny. I think. And I know partly of that is maybe because it, this is a Korean-made yeah. uh, TV show, and they don't really get the whole Western culture type deal. And, you know, I'm okay with that. But, you know, just give us a call. Give us a holler over here. Yeah. Just ask us, like, hey, what do uh, people talk about nowadays? Like, <laughs> I mean, come on now. This it, the, the dialogue was just horrible. Yeah. And I could see as far as reasoning behind doing it, there's obviously big messages throughout Squid Game about capitalism mm -hmm. and the effects capitalism can have when it's taken too far and just how people can become animalistic. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure VIPs, I could easily see that was part of the big inclusion was to really, um, you know, broadcast that message. But at that point, you're almost overdoing it. You're almost force feeding the audience. And I was with them until then, but the VIPs thing, it just, I don't know, it, it didn't go down well with me. Yeah, it definitely uh, just kind of made me feel just weird while those scenes were going on. And you got, you got, you got poor women as like yeah. footstools. I'm like, what is happening? Yeah, it, it just, it, it really struck me the wrong way. And I guess, uh, I mean, they also came in during like the, least entertaining to uh oh like, yeah games 
if they want to see like blood and red the, light, green light, yeah, red light, green light, or the the honeycomb game, those are your two you need to go to, my man. Yeah, I. It was just, uh, I don't know. Could have been handled better for sure. For as many things as they did well, that's one thing I definitely think they could have improved upon. Yeah, which I think an interesting thing that they did mention it was hardly brought up or, at all, but they kind of talked about like other Squid Games possibly going on. Yes, yeah, with and, all those files in the basement. And, yeah, 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 and that kind of makes me like, I don't know. This is there's definitely setting themselves up for a season two here, but if. I think what made this this season was the characters and the character development yeah. and seeing the emotion that was being portrayed and how every single death really mattered to at least somebody that in that room. And that's what made this show so heartbreaking and horrifying was that these were real people who had real struggles that were trying to better themselves uh, because they did get themselves into a bad situation where they were indebted. Yeah. And I think that's what makes it such a, such a great TV show is because you know, in, in America with uh, capitalism, we can kind of like relate our way where we can feel like there's just this overcast of, uh, of debt or struggles that kind of weights us down. Mm -hmm. And it's hard for us to kind of go out and, uh, and just really succeed because we do have these things from our past that, uh, that hold us down. So, oh, yeah. In response to that, I mean, with the capitalism, you got to kind of understand where the creator of the show was coming from, actually. And, you know, if you've done any research, and this has kind of been popular, but he was seriously struggling with money. Yeah. I mean, part of um, the main guy, 456's uh, character, was based off the creator himself, he yep. actually said. And he started writing this, what, Evan, back in 2008? Yeah, I think 2008. So, I mean, this has been a long time coming. And he was so poor that at one point he had to sell his laptop just to, you know, buy food and shelter for himself. Yeah. So, yeah, you can easily understand how a guy like that can write something um, with so many critiques of the capitalistic, capitalistic system. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he definitely uh, – definitely felt the struggle of what everyone was in there with and maybe uh you kind of have the uh the hope that maybe he's going out and he's writing this and just kind of talking about like what he wishes would happen for him or maybe he was uh, debating on how far would i go if mm -hmm. i were in the squid game yeah it's an important question um and leading into that you know obviously we're really going to get into spoilers here we're going to start talking about the ending but uh, player 456 was the only person to survive, or at least you think so. Mm -hmm. So, of course, he gets the little note from his old man buddy, player 001. And uh, Evan, you just take it from here and kind of tell me what you thought about the ending. Yeah, so first of all, you have this, uh, this weird kind of, uh, they push it into a year later, I believe. After uh, player 456 had just won. Yeah, which, did you like that? And I I wish they would have shown him going out into the real world right after and seeing what he did. Yeah, I mean, he it shows him that he has the credit card or whatever. Yeah. It works. But after that, they skips just pushed, a year forward. Yeah, skips a year forward. Which, I mean, I guess they're trying to push the plot a little bit Oh, and, and his mom dies. Yeah. <laughs> old, old <laughs> and that died. little tidbit. Yeah. And then you have, uh, you have it to where... The old man sends him a uh, sends him the note, goes and meets him, and then he sees that this old geezer still alive, 
And he's just completely perplexed as all of us were. Well, I mean, I kind of saw it coming as... Uh, oh, did you? If you watched episode six and you see this senile yeah. young old man just running around and he goes to where his old childhood home was, as he explained it, and they close the doors so that nobody else can see him getting shot, I think that you can yeah. kind of see that uh, that happening. The, the creators definitely never before took any... Uh, you know, they they were never modest about yeah. just blowing someone's head off yeah. directly in frame. So it definitely kind of stood out when they didn't show it. Mm-hmm. Which I I didn't full on think that he was actually the the uh, the, the main the main dude behind it. Of it all. Yeah. yeah. But whenever uh, I saw him, I was like, okay, this all makes sense. And this the way that uh, the old man was talking to uh, to four fifty six, it just didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. It was the strangest thing that last game that they played with the uh with the homeless man and it kind of just was like i maybe he was trying to see even if with all this money are you still willing to help other people out like you did during the squid game because 456 was very generous throughout all of it he was willing to take the old man in and uh make him a part of his team yeah i mean 456 has an absolute heart of gold and yeah. you <sighs> I, I was upset with the ending, specifically that part. Because mm-hmm. like you said, I guess it makes sense to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. But it's like, okay, and now what? It's almost like they were just trying to like find something that would subvert your expectations. But does it actually have any real meat behind it? Like the old yeah. man being the person? Is it some sort of metaphor for like age, class? Like what? I, I just don't understand. Yeah, because it seemed like the the old man the having 456 and his group of uh guys on the on the team they took him in and it kind of gave them like especially in the tug of war scene you had him explain exactly how you win even though they were a lot uh a lot weaker than the team that they're going up against and without that expertise that uh that the old man had they get absolutely clobbered in that game yeah. it it just in a game where they talk about fairness and how it was the uh, the backbone of everything that they were doing, it kind of seemed like it was whoever took in this old man had the uh, the upper hand. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's weird, you know. We we say it kind of makes sense, but does it? Like, my question is: There's obviously the very famous scene. At, I think it's the end of episode one where they get the chance, you know choose yeah. to keep playing the game or if the majority votes to stop it stops mm-hmm. and it comes down to player zero zero one the old man and he chooses for it to stop if he's the creator why why would he do that i guess uh what i thought about uh that my first thought was all right this guy's poor tumor is just taking over he doesn't know which <laughs> one's which evan said okay boomer <laughs> i was like i was like this this poor guy he just doesn't get it you know this, this poor old old man but uh proceeds to pee pants <laughs> that was hilarious though i started dying laughing during that <laughs> that poor guy uh but that's besides the point we uh but i was like maybe he says if it's this close let's let them get a taste of reality and take this opportunity away from them to to lose all of their debt that they have and let them figure out how much they really want to play because after that they have nobody else even uh questions wanting to go back until like the very very end uh, whenever 456 just um, again greatest dude on earth, and tries to uh, tries to help out my man Song. Will. I mean, is he is he that big of a mastermind though? I have to wonder. Was he like, let's release them? Yeah. Then they're gonna come crawling back. I don't know. Like you said, 
this has obviously happened in the past at different places, so maybe he knew, he's seen this all before. But the old man ending just didn't work for me, and I'd be interested to hear from our listeners what they thought. Yeah, and then uh, also in the in the ending, I thought it was really, really sweet of uh, 456 to adopt 067's uh, uh, little brother and then uh, give him to uh, Song Wu's mom. mom. Yeah. And with all that cash, I was like, dude. Yeah, see, oh I mean, there gosh. were parts where they nailed it. Yeah. But I would have just loved just, – I didn't need the big surprise with the old man. Just just give me that. Just give me these yeah. sweet, nearly Christmas-like movie moments that just make mm-hmm. you happy. Yeah, which, I mean, I guess that's just, just being stingy and, and wanting it just be a perfect one-season wonder type deal. It's a big M. Night Shyamalan <laughs> move right there, buddy, as Evan would say. Yeah, I mean that, that was so uh, so M nine, but listen, even even Ant Man and the Wasp when it <laughs> when it tried to pull such crap. All right, no, I don't know. <laughs> well, that, yeah, that, I, that, I may be pushing it no. now. That poor movie. If if anybody that worked on that movie again, except for Paul Rudd, he's <laughs> well, a kid. Yeah, Paul Rudd's a national treasure. Anybody else from that movie, even the set designers. They touch anything else, it's ruined. <laughs> That's how horrible that movie is. Yeah, we don't we don't play around with Ant Man and the Wasp on this podcast. But yeah, it's just I don't know. The ending definitely left more to more to be desired. I wish they went in a different direction, but I guess that's how. I mean, that's just creativity right there. I mean, it made it made sense, and the way that they set it up, like like I did whenever I saw that the old man was there, I was like, Oh, that makes sense because they kind of just shot the gun. You didn't see him mm-hmm. actually die. And I was like, okay, I like that. They didn't just make it uh, to where it's like, Oh, there's just this superhuman way that he's still alive. Like he has this random uh, like <laughs> world-class doctor <laughs> that, that uh, yeah, took yeah. this bullet hole out from his head. I'm like, I like that they, that they made it to where, okay, this makes sense as to why he's here. It checks out. It just doesn't work. Yeah. You know? So, all right. Well, Evan, I do have two quick questions for you here. All right. Just interested, and we can alternate them here. Best or favorite moment from Squid Game and least favorite moment from Squid Game? My, All right. Let's see here. My f- most favorite one is probably the, uh, probably the, the tug-of-war scene. It's really good. It's really good. You, I mean, because I, my heart was pumping the entire time. I was like, "There's no way that that this group of people are going to go against these these big strong brutes <laughs> over here on the other side." And then you have uh, the old man, which in the dubbed version, it was just <laughs> it was it was hard to listen to sometimes. <laughs> but uh, he explained the perfect strategy to be able to uh, to get it done, and you just it's just like three minutes of this just anxiety inducing. Just great television where they're cutting back and forth, and you can see the straining of their faces and the worry. Yeah, and there's anxiety inducing. Yeah, and I'm like, this is just beautiful, beautiful, uh, beautiful television right there. Yeah, and then my least favorite, probably <laughs> any time that uh, uh, that annoying girl 212 was on the screen. Any time that I was just, listening to her, just all together, just she's the least favorite. Yeah, it made me want to turn it off, and yeah. it was horrible. But you know, it is what it is. Yeah, that means she was doing a good job as an actress. Yeah, she was trying her best, and for that we applaud her here at Pulp Fiction. <laughs> what, what about you, Groves? What do you have to? What's your favorite and your least favorite moment? My favorite moment. It, it, it's a terrifying moment, but I think it was very cool to see. Was 
the kind of night of just basically hell when uh, they realize, hey, we can kill each other and not be punished oh, for yeah. this. So they start building allies. Uh, they start building teams. And next thing you know, the lights turn out and it's just absolute warfare. Yeah. And I mean, the direction um, and the set design with all the little forts of bunk beds and the uh, strobe lights. I mean, it was just a really well done cool scene. And then as far as my least favorite, and I got to say this, this, this one just broke my soul and it frankly pissed me off was seeing my girl zero six, seven, get hurt. Throat slit by Song Wu after dirty scum. After she convinces the main character not to kill him. I mean, are you kidding me? Dude, I that absolutely just I mean, you had four fifty six who was pleading with with his whole heart to to uh to have the, the pink suits come out yeah. and to help him out. Because it's like it was unfair. I mean, gosh dang yeah, it, you she, had she beat the challenge and still gets killed by yeah, it. Yeah, they break the glass and then the shard of glass that hit her uh that hit her neck is what's gonna kill her. Like what's fair in that? You base this entire thing about um on fairness, but that's just I, I hate that that's how they uh that that's how they let her die. I mean, yeah. uh, you had Song Wu that just went up and just, I, I, I wanted her to go out like a straight like like yeah. a gangster man. Yeah. And instead she gets taken out by a little piece of glass to the abdomen or something. Like, give me a break. No. Nah. And then Song Wu, I mean, if I didn't want to see that man die before, then gosh dang it afterwards. Uh it was it was horrible. I mean he kills he kills the two most liked characters in the show. Like yeah. I'm just done with this guy. Yeah. Which I mean, granted, it's it's kind of funny or ironic how you have uh Song Wu, who is this man that got in trouble for embezzlement. And uh, for this this white collar crime, and how he was—it's kind of him taking advantage of other people because they didn't know as much about business. Yeah, and he's still doing the same old thing. And then he's taking advantage of people because they're more willing to give up uh, themselves to help out other people. And you see that with Ali, you see that with uh, 456, and then the old man. And it's just—it's so funny how uh, like I think that was just beautifully done how they had that character. How he was in the outside world was the exact same way that he was inside there, just taking advantage of other people. Yeah. Well, if there's one thing you people take away from Pulp Fiction today, Song Woo sucks. He's he's the worst. He is the worst. Even is is he worse than two twelve? Bro. <laughs> I we, don't know. we just need to put those two on a deserted island and just forget all about them. Yeah, for real. Uh my gosh. I don't know. I'd say I'd say they're close to equal. They're, they're, they're both pretty bad. Yeah. All right, well, that's pretty much most of our main thoughts on the show, but we're going to do a little something fun here. We're going to do a lightning round, per se, of questions about Squid Game and uh, just kind of get each other's thoughts on how we do in the game, what our, what our reactions, our strategies would be, and uh, hopefully it's fun for you guys to listen to. So, Evan, if you're up for it, I'll start with... Uh, Giving you some of these tough questions. I'm ready for it. All right. So, Evan, first of all, what game would you be best at? Well, I think this is a fairly easy one, and that would definitely be the red light, green light. I mean, how hard is it to to whenever someone's like, they turn around, you just stop. I mean, how hard is that? Come hey, on now. It, it appeared pretty difficult for about 250 people. Yeah, I guess I guess God that is true. God rest their souls. That's ha- right. Have That's, some respect. 
But yeah, I'd say it was definitely that definitely be the easiest one. What about you? What about yourself? Which one would you well, go for? Well, Evan, I I don't want to get into it too much, but uh, listen, I got some serious guns, people. So uh, you throw me on that tug of war, and let me just let me just rip away. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm 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 taking these people down, whether they like it or not. Yeah, my my uh, center of gravity is a little too high for <laughs> me to do, do tug of war. Is that a, is that a short joke, Evan? No, it's just just me just being uncoordinated as always. All right, all right, fair enough. All right. Well, coming right back at you, are there any childhood games from America that you thought would have been funny or interesting to see in there? I think uh, that one that I really, really enjoyed when I was a kid that really showed who the who the biggest and baddest was on the block. It's just a, a nice little game of jackpot. Mm, where you jackpot. Have, you have one person just throwing up a, throwing up a ball, and they give out a, uh, a price or something like that. And it's just who who's toughest? Who wants it more? That could have been an interesting one. That would have been a good one. The the way they would have went about it, it might have been a little different. But, yeah, uh, yeah, they'd have to come up with something. Yeah. Uh, what about for you, Grubs? What would you do if you were in that final three? What's your uh, what's your what, what's your strategy there? I I, I guess, man, I would probably. I mean, I, the biggest thing I do is just try to build an ally with somebody else, you know. Unfortunately, uh, player 67 was kind of dying out over there. But uh, I definitely would keep my eyes on Song Wu. But I don't think I would um, go necessarily out of my way and try and slit anybody's throat in the middle of their sleep, you know. I would just play it and uh, wait for the game. But, you know, when you're in the situation, it's different. Yeah, I think it definitely would have been a little anticlimactic if uh, the, the <laughs> ending was just right there in the room and you didn't actually get to the namesake and get to the squid game. You needed the squid game. You know? And then uh, also, if you were if you were to put yourself at the very, very beginning and you were just looking at all these uh, all these competitors, who do you put your money on? Mm, if you're one if of the I VIP. A, if I was a VIP betting? If you're a VIP. Man, that's a toughie. I do I get to know all of their do I get their like player cards per se get to see their statistics yeah, what yeah. their background is you get to see their overalls their badges I would say I I probably guess man maybe Song Wu I don't know he's he's the smartest he's not uh-huh. necessarily the strongest but it's not like he's some weakling either yeah I, I tell you I would not have guessed uh player 456 who won it all so either way i would have been wrong yeah yeah that's a good one what what about you i think another one would have been uh doc su because he was obviously just a mafia leader yeah uh when they did his little throwback he was uh uh led this gang and he was obviously up there in the ranks and so i probably would have uh would have uh chosen him if i would have put my money on somebody yeah well I think that's about all we got for uh, the main segment here. Um, Evan, do you have anything else to say? Or no, uh, I think we did have a lot of some criticisms about this uh, about Squid Game. However, uh, we cannot stress this enough. Those episodes three through eight, some of the best TV that you can watch. Yeah, really good stuff. And especially episode six. I mean, if you're a crier, then <laughs> then get the get the tissues ready. Yeah, maybe a couple boxes. Oh my gosh, it is a rough one, but yeah. That's all that we got. We'll see you in the after show. Yeah, we'll see you guys over there. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. We couldn't have planned this better. All right. Welcome to our outro segment, and thank you for joining us. Uh, Here we like to give 
our recommendations for some streaming services and movies you guys can watch this week, and then also we'll discuss what we'll be watching this week. So Evan, if you'd like to start me off, what what do you recommend for the fans out there? So yeah, this week, uh, as always, we're still in the month of October, so I think about uh, going for a nice little like going for a nice little spook, and I think uh, a good one that's kind of got some little some subliminal messages to it is uh, is Candyman, both the 1992 version and the 2021 version. I've heard very great things for it. I personally really enjoyed uh, enjoyed both of them. I gotta be honest, I haven't seen either. They are they're there's some great flicks. They're a little weird. Yeah. They're a little weird. Hey, I love a little weird. But you've got one of the one of the godfathers of the horror genre, Tony Todd. <laughs> and any, <laughs> not a godfather. Anytime. Anytime that you have Tony Todd in a in a horror movie, you know it's gonna be good. All right. Um, my recommendation would be the movie Zodiac. You know, recently it came out that they're pretty confident they found who the Zodiac killer is. Yeah. Or was now that the man is dead, but if you want to get a uh, David Fincher's own little take on it, check out the movie Zodiac. It's a little long, coming in at two hours and thirty-seven minutes, but it's just star-studded. It's got Jake Gyllenhaal, it's got Mark Ruffalo, uh, Robert Downey Jr. I mean, really, you can't go wrong. And of course, like I said, Fincher directing it. It's an awesome flick and definitely worth checking out if you're interested into. The Zodiac Killer, or just that sort of thing in general. Yeah, it's it's definitely in my top fifty. It's a it's a great movie. Great it's one. A great movie. Evan, uh, what do you, what do you plan on watching this week? My week. This week, I am definitely going to be tuning in to uh, to the movies Paranormal Activity. Okay. And I'm going to be rewatching The Village by M Night uh, Shyamalan. I, and, I I'm going to have to join you on that one because it has been a long time and i'm not even sure if i've ever watched it all the way through i know i've seen paranormal activity i mean if you're a kid growing up in the 2000s that's like you know yeah. that, that that's just nightmare fuel for when you were a 10 year old yeah. but i don't know if i've seen the village all the way through so we'll definitely have to tell you guys what we thought about that one yeah for sure what about you grant what are you going to be watching this week i actually just before i came here bought my tickets for um dune releasing on october 21st i bought my tickets for imax you know a little more expensive than normal but it's guys it's it's seriously a once and maybe five year opportunity where you get a crazy big sci-fi epic like this great cast one of my favorite directors and um i I just couldn't miss it i had to splurge (laughs) yeah as as you should it's one of those movies which uh the director, which I've been told I said completely wrong. <laughs> I, I think I did too, but I, I think it's Denis Villeneuve. Villeneuve? I don't know. Listen, dude is a killer on uh, behind the camera. Yeah. He is. He's. He's a. Uh, he's a mastermind. So I've definitely. It's one of those movies that I'm gonna really, really enjoy whenever I watch. I won't be watching IMAX. I'm going back home. <laughs> gonna enjoy a couple spooks. Gonna go to a couple haunted houses. Yeah. Gonna enjoy some scary movies. It's gonna be it's gonna be a f- good one as I uh, get prepared for the Halloween, uh, like the full immersion into Halloween. Yeah, we're almost there, and I mean, yeah, I don't care if the man's name's Billy Bob Joe. Mm. Uh, he makes a great flick. That's right. Yeah. So uh, yeah, like Evan said, it's almost Halloween, and a little sneak peek. We're actually gonna be talking about some of our favorite Halloween slash horror movies next week. So if you're into that, make sure you check it out. Mm-hmm. But uh, other than that, I think that's all we got for you guys today, Evan. We're good. Yeah, we are good. All right. Well, as always, if you need anything, you give us a holler. That's right. See y'all.